Hello and welcome to Scott Rock. Where your hosts from Climb Scotland, Robert McKenzie and me, Cal McBain, catch up with climbers every two weeks who have different epic tales to tell us. We hope you enjoy the show. And remember, when you're out climbing, be safe and do your buddy checks. Hello and welcome back to Scott Rock. We are going to try something new for the new year. 2021. Let's hope it's much, much, much better than 2020. Uh, myself and Callum, we share a lot of car journeys together. Uh, in our job, we travel around all over the country, meeting different climbers, loads of kids, getting climbing. It's great fun. But during these car journeys, we chat a load of rubbish. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to record the best chats, the controversial topics that we discuss, and we will release them as mini Robert and Callum shows in between the main events. Uh, we hope you enjoy them. Let us know what you think. Uh, this is Scott Rock, The Road Trip. I mean, yeah, it, like, this might work, it might not work, I don't know. Cool, uh, right, so, when myself and Callum were chatting about starting a podcast, which we've been chatting about for, like, three years now? Yeah, since the start of Climb Scotland. Yeah, like, every time we get in a car together, we chat so much rubbish that we've always kind of joked that we should start a podcast and just record this. Uh, and now we have started a podcast... We've just been interviewing other people. We have still never actually done uh, me and you just in a car chatting rubbish. Well, that, that was the original idea, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and like we haven't the, done it. The car chat podcast. So this is this is the beginning. This is this is uh, the first one. This is full circle. We're coming back to what gave birth to Scott Rock. Hopefully, it's not like an ominous like they find this recording in a crashed car <laughs> and a heap of the night. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that Callum and Robert gave to the, the world I mean, right, just for uh, background If that is the case, it's Callum that's driving <laughs> I blame him I had nothing to do with this I was an innocent passenger To my dying breath, I'll move you into the passenger uh, driving seat <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like We've both kind of got uh, something we'd actually like to chat about And I figured we might as well set up the mic and see if this works I don't know if the road noise is going to be too much, or uh, we might not be able to hear each other's voices, but we'll see. We'll see. So I'm going to start this off. I want to ask you a question, buddy. Go for it. How's your climbing been this year? Oh, this year? Yeah. You know, odd, oddly, I think this is probably the year that I've done the most outdoor climbing in about five or six years. Yeah. Actually, yeah, easily is the year I've done the most outdoor climbing. Yeah. Um, I'd say pretty good. I've, I've been pretty psyched for outdoor stuff. Yeah. Like, has that that obviously that's partly been out of necessity. The wall's been shut and all that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, ha- having to go outdoors, but like you now living in close proximity to a hard sport venue, um, and with Becca, who is like super psyched to get on hard stuff. Yeah. Now, baby number two is out and not holding her down. I think, I, I don't know, I think it was the trads. Trads that got me psyched again. Trads rather that got than me psyched. A sport. Yeah. Well, we worked at a system where basically we each get a day every week 
to do whatever we want. Yeah. So like for me, that was like, oh, it's definitely a chance to get back and do some like trans climbing. So I'd be like mad psyched. Oh, nice. Let's try again. Okay. Um, so, like you've been climbing loads. How? Like, have you been climbing the same sort of stuff and the same ability? Top button. Yeah. Same ability as you were before this, or are you feeling? Better climbing harder, climbing. Smoother. Wait, when you say before this, do you mean but like before before Corona. COVID? Yeah, like effectively, like there is no more dates anymore. All we have is AC and BC. <laughs> We've got before COVID and after, after COVID. Well, so, sure, we're we're DC at the moment during COVID. During COVID. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, uh, like this year, because you've been climbing more, are you? Do you think you're climbing better or harder than uh, than BC? Probably not far off my my best BC. Okay. On trad at least. Yeah, not not too far away from like climbing when I was climbing well. Like, yeah. Five or six years ago. Okay. Okay. So, like, what brought me to thinking about this was like I've I've been thinking about this over the last couple of months. I am climbing. I, I've had the same as you. Like because like out of necessity, I've been climbing outdoors way more than I have been in the last few years um, but I am definitely climbing way better this year than I have done in a long long time and the grades that I'm trying are harder than I've done in a very 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 long time like I've done two E5s in the last two weeks and I've not touched E5 level since I was like 17, 18 so what is it about COVID that makes you think this has created this? Uh, this is what this I'm jump. wondering. Like, so I was like, th- this is what I'm, I was kind of wondering. It's like, this is how I'm feeling, and I've kind of got my own kind of theory as to why I'm feeling like this. But wait, wait. you might have been. Hang on, you like you might have heard this from other climbers as well. Everybody else is feeling good. Everybody's feeling quite strong at the moment. Well, I've, except people who are going indoor climbing, they're all feeling really crappy. Uh, Really well, see, climbing. even the people that have, you know, just been indoor climbers and have had to go outside because of, you know, the walls being shut, you know, I've had so many people say to me that they are climbing way better now than they ever have done, or they're feeling stronger. I've not had anybody say to me that they're feeling weak, or that they, like, you know, they came straight out of lockdown, tried too hard in their first session and hurt a finger, apart from me <laughs> and you. Um, so, yeah, like... I was like, alright, okay, so it's me, I'm feeling like this, and like my climbing circle are also kind of feeling like this, feeling quite strong. So I looked on UKC, you know they've got that like, uh, the top, the, the last, latest ascent oh, yeah, list. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I looked on that, 7 out of 10 climbers on that list have climbed their hardest grade ever this year. But what, so it, what... Is the list? What is the list? What what discipline is it? Uh, sport and trad. Sport and trad. Because it's just like the latest list. The, the latest ascents is like the last fifty things that got logged on UKC. Yeah. So total random people across all the areas of the UK, some abroad actually, um, and you know, seven out of ten of those fifty people have climbed the hardest grade they've ever climbed, whether it be on sport or trad, this year. And four out of ten, their average grade for the year is higher than they've ever done. Which is impressive since we've lost five months of that year. You know? So 
So this year has been actually quite a good year for a lot of people. Quite a really good climbing year for a lot of people. Um, so it got me kind of wondering, like, why is that? Like, what, why has this year, despite everything else being a, a like, total disaster, why has this year been actually quite good for people's climbing? Well, I guess for outdoors, everyone's going to be like... <sighs> Like everyone has had the fear of missing out. Was it? Is it FOMO? FOMO. Like, well, FOMO yeah. Because yeah. like everyone feels like they've been missing out over all of spring. Yeah. So all that psych has been like bottled up into a really short space of time. Yeah. And then maybe combined with like the travel restrictions where people are getting out more often, but locally. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's so many factors that probably cause that. And but maybe people are red pointing stuff more because they've had to. I don't I don't like using the word scrape the barrel because I really like my <laughs> local stuff but people have been kind of doing local stuff they wouldn't do otherwise yeah, maybe totally. for them that's like projecting a hard route that they otherwise would never have never normally have got because they travel somewhere yeah. else and do I don't know on-site stuff or yeah. something so like I I think part of the reason that I'm trying harder stuff now than I have done for a long time is you know that phase one when we first came out of lockdown that phase one that first three weeks uh, we were recommended to only top rope yeah you know and me and you working for the governing body you know kind of got a play kind of had to toe the line yeah of course we had to toe the line of course we wanted to toe the line (laughs) just gonna (laughs) we want yeah of course we wanted to toe the line but so that three weeks top roping was like well I forgot how much climbing you can get in in a day when you're just top roping, when you remove all the faff of like rope work, spending so long placing gear on routes, um, bringing up a second and all that, like when you're just setting up top ropes, you can get so much climbing done in a day. And I was then throwing top ropes on, you know, E5s, E6s, just because, well, there's no chance of me hitting the floor because the gear's bad because I'm on a top rope. So I'll just try the climbing. And it kind of reminded me, or again proved to me that well the gear might be you know really bad and super bold on some of these routes but the climbing's not actually that bad I can climb this stuff like and if I you know if you don't let go you can't fall off right true yeah so like I was trying all these hard routes and going actually I can easily climb that it's just my head that's kind of in the way but I've now you know I've climbed you know I did that Blade Runner direct like I climbed that on top a bunch of times it's like, well, I'm not going to fall off it. So it doesn't matter that it's bold and the gear's a bit poor. You're falling onto four micro wires, the smallest you've got. Yeah. Like, I can climb this. So coming out of lockdown was like... Like, coming out of that three weeks and leading again was like, actually, man, like, I'm feeling really good on rock at the moment. I can climb hard. Like, even if the gear's bad, I know I can climb myself out of a situation. So I was trying pretty bold roots yeah. and succeeding you know I've not died yet I've not hurt myself sure. so I say yet <laughs> so I reckon there's two things that kind of lead to that effect from top rope when you're talking about I think one of them that you've hit in the head is the fact that like the the unknown has become known yeah so you yeah. always on site E4 or you're trying to break into on siting a new grade yeah. with that HVS severe E4 like you, you don't know how hard the climbing is going to be because you've not climbed an E4 yet. Yeah. So you're not going to climb it as well. You're going to be tense. You're going to be a bit scared that the climbing's not going to relent as quickly as you think. 
top row or you could say the same for head pointing so practicing stuff yeah and then leading afterwards like you suddenly have a better understanding of what the difficulty of that grade's going to be so then when you move to try on site something like you've got a better framework in your head of okay yeah. it's going to be it can't be that many more hard moves until I get back into sort of easier, easier terrain. Yeah. Like, like, you might not know what the route is going to throw at you, but you know, you kind of yeah. got a feel of how it should feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and whether you can do that or not. And then, like, maybe this is a bit more of, like, a philosophical thing about top roping. And I think you could argue the same about bouldering, because phase one was top roping and bouldering, isn't it? Yeah. And I think... Going back to top roping and bouldering, if you usually lead climb, be that on trad sport or whatever, I think you can remove a lot of your own expectations of how well you should do, and it becomes a lot more just kind of like playing. And I think when you just start playing, you, you naturally just start climbing like a little bit better. Yeah, it's just a way better environment for kind of like yeah, it sounds really lame, but like a kind of exploring movement and kind of like building up that bank of moves in your head. No, definitely. And I think when you tie into a, a rope to lead. Like, just like you kind of get bogged down a bit by expectations of like, oh, I should be able to climb this easily, yeah, or yeah. I'm, this is like an on-site for me, or I yeah. should be able to do this in two red points. And when you top rope, that just kind of like disappears, and all you're left with is like the climbing. It's like the simplest thing possible, and the exact same for bouldering, I think as well. Like, it's just the moves, it's just the climbing. I think boulders are always way more, or at least my perspective of boulders, I know is. Like, I know, like, really strong boulders have been shut down and are quite easy problems, and they don't seem to get as frustrated about it, I think, as when a root climber falls off something they think they should on-site. Yeah. I think there's more understanding of bouldering that, like, the grade is somewhat irrelevant. Like, it's definitely, it comes down to, like, your own strengths, weaknesses, morphology, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's less kind of barriers in the way. So, yeah, that's maybe the more philosophical point that... I don't know, top roping and bouldering are a bit more playful and I think a better place to learn. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, kind of expanding on that, it's like, well, in a normal year, you've kind of got your, almost like your projects or your texts that you want to kind of get this year or your plans for what you want to be able to do. Um, and because of just the nature of this year, I think everybody's plans got thrown out the window. Like, everybody dropped all their plans. Nobody had any high expectations for this year at all so any chance to get out and climb was just plain you weren't working towards anything yeah. you weren't pushing towards anything so it became a lot more relaxed and you were you know people were going out climbing just for the sheer enjoyment of climbing not because it was like a training day or I'm preparing for X you know so like you said it's, it became much more play regardless of whether it's you know that three weeks top roping and bouldering or even the summer after that where we were allowed to go leading I think people still didn't have any expectations for the year so it was just playtime and we all had a lot more fun I definitely had a lot more fun yeah definitely um, and like I was speaking to Willis Morris about this um, and he was saying that he's actually I thought he'd taken up fishing well he has done a lot more fishing he's taken up a lot of fishing he's climbing maybe twice a week Right. Whereas normally Willis Morris would be route setting three, four days a week, training nearly every day, yeah, with the high expectation of you want to do what, Lamala, A B plus? D 
to be. Oh, I think it's 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 yeah. yeah, it was Lamala, right? Yeah. So that was like his mission last year. That's how much work he was having to put into it. And he was saying that this year, because of you know the walls being shut, not getting to climb as much, going out fishing just because he's got the time now, and climbing two days a week, he feels so much more rested. His body is way more prepared. He's sleeping better. He's eating better. Uh, he's recovering better. And when he's climbing, he's feeling better when he's climbing. Like, his climbing is feeling more in control and more strong than he was back when he was putting all these hours in. So, I th- and like, I've not heard of someone coming out of lockdown with, like, the same injury that they had going in. So I think it came... It gave people a chance to really sit back and recover properly. And it's forced everybody to take the rest that they normally wouldn't. And I like I, I know, and you must know this, like uh, being a coach, look, watching climbers do their thing, nobody rests properly. Very, very few people Where, are you... actually taking the time to recover properly between sessions. Okay, do you mean, so like resting at a macro or like a micro scale so like, kind of both like in between sessions or throughout a week or like in between tries on like a boulder problem like right? kind of both obviously macro because they had to take three months off yeah yeah. Uh, but now it's like well the walls aren't open well, well the, wall, the walls weren't open um, they're open now but they weren't open and you couldn't get out climbing as much as you normally would if the walls were open so you are taking that little that extra day in the middle of the week you know, between your sessions. Um, so I think, you know, people who are normally really bad at taking the rest, taking your recovery time, have been forced to do so. And I think that's been a really, really positive thing. You know, because I've I've noticed it a lot. Like, the people that are training really hard, they never rest properly. It's the biggest problem with people's... that When they're training with people's training, is the recovery times are way off. Uh, they're not giving themselves enough time. They're pushing too hard during sessions that they shouldn't be pushing that hard in, um, and then they're they're coming in before they're supposed to. Whereas you know now they're they've been forced to take that rest time and they're feeling better as, as a result. Yeah, like my elbows are fine. Start of the year, my elbows were still a little twingy. Every now and again, I'd hit a move that was a bit sore. I've rested. My elbows are fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, like, the the recovery side is another reason that people might be feeling better. Then again, there's you that hurt yourself, like, almost week one coming out of lockdown. Well, yeah, I, like, train... I train quite a lot over lockdown, and then... Ah, you've got the benefit of a home wall, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it's ironic that I never got injured. Like, I kind of, like, thought everyone would get injured training on their fingerboards, their home walls, whatever. That doesn't seem so. But poor, poor Lethin. Jesus, what a... <laughs> Aye, there was you that hurt your finger and uh, Neil McGeeky bust his bicep. bicep yeah. That was like that was like week one going leading again, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was like right early on. Gutted. He's feeling alright now though, eh? I think so, yeah. 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 Um so yeah, like there is like you said, there, there's it's multifaceted. There's loads of different reasons that might mean that people are feeling better or climbing better and it might not even be that they're actually climbing better they're just feeling better but then i suppose we're assuming that everyone's climbing better as well i mean i'm sure well, there like, is people that oh for sure like yeah. this isn't you know i didn't do any scientific study on this you know it, it was I, like I a, a quick survey amongst me and my me and my mates and a quick survey on ukc 
I looked at 50 people in UKC. You know, that can't, that's not at all scientifically representative of the entire UK climbing community. Yeah. But it gave me enough to really think, actually, there's probably quite a lot of people that are doing quite well this year. Yeah. That, you know, wouldn't have thought that this year would have produced any kind of positive climbing for them. It's always so hard, I think, with, like... So, like, personal tra- say like personal training yeah. for climbing to know what actually made the difference. So, this seems like a bit of a tangent, but in science, like... Oh, you did, like, a... I did sports science. You did a sports science. Yeah. So, like, the gold standard of an experiment, I forget the exact term, but it's where you have a control group and you have the group where you're changing, like, the variable. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I don't know if you gave a group steroids. Not that you'd ever do an experiment. Steroids and a placebo. Yeah, a pl- yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, plus, or double a, contr- blind. a control... Yeah, double blind. Double blind. I think yeah. that's the word. Like, you can never really do a double blind study in yourself because you'd have to clone yourself. Yeah, totally. Have a con- like, you'll kind of always know what's going on. Yeah, have a control you and then have, like, a you <laughs> that's doing, like, fingerboarding to see if it makes you better at climbing. So you can never pin down exactly what is making the difference for your training. No, definitely not. Like, but, like, I... See... I'm pretty confident that the reason I haven't been trying harder grades in the last few years is because of my head. Because I hadn't been trying hard stuff and I don't want to hurt myself. Yeah. Like, I, like I, you know, I'm coming on 30 now. If I hit the deck and break an ankle, that might take quite a long time to recover. I'm not going to bounce back quite as quickly. Uh, I'm a no, bit... you, you broke your ankle falling off like a small boulder. So. Right. I, yeah, and it still hurts, and that was a year <laughs> on, right? So I don't like I don't want to hurt myself. So I've been a bit, you know, holding back with the bold stuff as a result. But reminding myself that actually the chances of me falling off this kind of stuff is, you know, I don't want to be too too cocky here. It's quite low. <laughs> well, it depends on the grade. Though. Depends on the grade for sure. And like, I'm not going to go and think I'm never going to fall off like E7 and I'm never going to fall off E5 but like I am now quite confident in my ability to know that I can do a certain amount yeah there will be routes that don't fit my style or whatever you know but I'm quite confident in that and I think just taking that three weeks top roping kind of reminded me actually I can climb yeah I'm not I'm not too bad at this climbing thing maybe everyone should have like at the start I don't know, I, I think I'm being really biased because I'm always thinking of like people that want to go climb outside over summer. Yeah. Like, that isn't obviously as far from representative of climbers in inverse commas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe for people that want to do that, want to climb things outdoors, maybe having like a month at the start of the season where they just like have that no expectation, like top roping, top rope few weeks. Yeah. Would be like a really beneficial thing to do. Have fun, play on some hard stuff learn how to climb on rock yeah because climbing on rock is vastly different from climbing indoors yeah well maybe that's the other issue as well like because i've always thought this that people spend all of winter training indoors in plastic yeah or fingerboarding or just doing something that isn't climbing outdoors and then it takes like a month of like kind of fumbling climbing outdoors it's like when you climb a new rock type you've got to learn the trade yeah of course but you you forget over winter how to climb on rock you've climbed on before and then what happens is you spend a month climbing like crap like outdoors even though you're probably stronger yeah and then in Scotland that month was probably May so that's the only month you're actually going to get good weather so then your whole season is wasted yeah and then it's like vicious like you get stronger every year but you don't actually perform that much better yeah totally um, whereas if you climb 
outdoors over a summer, uh, you go back into the winter training indoors and you're still feeling good. It doesn't take you a month to get used to climbing indoors and pulling on plastic again, does it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because that was my big point that I was coming to in this is climbing outdoors on rock is just better for your climbing than focusing indoors. Well, like if you focus 100% training indoors, you can get super mega, mega strong. But it takes a while to be able to apply that properly outside. Yeah. Whereas if you climb outside for the same period, you you know, you might not get as super mega strong as you could be, but you're able to move a lot better on any route that gets thrown at you than if you just focused on indoor climbing. Yeah. Perfect balance would be doing both all the time. A good balance of indoor training and climbing outside to keep your hand in on rock. But I think because people are have been forced to climb outside because the walls are closed for four months, whatever it was, they're feeling really good and they're moving really well on rock. And, you know, obviously the UKC grades that I looked at, that top, lift, top list is all outdoor stuff. So, you know, you've got people that are now feeling really comfortable on rock and are able to climb better, they're able to apply their strength better. Yeah. Um, plus there's the element of climbing outdoors is just, it's the best on-site training you could possibly get. Yeah. Like you can't truly do proper on-site practice indoors because you know the holes, you know the angles of the wall, yeah, you know those volumes, you know the texture climbing out on rock even if you've done that route before there will be things that throw you and you need to adapt on the spot on the route to that change yeah and that's what on-site is all about is being able to adapt and apply yourself when things don't go according to plan yeah yeah and you can take that and put that indoors really easily so for competitive climbers you know competitive climbing is all about on-site climbing now, unless you're in the like boulder competitions where you know there's an element of red point in there, but you know root comps anyway. It's all about on-site climbing. So if you go indoors and just try it uh, and try and do on-site practice all the time, it's not going to be as beneficial to you than if you go outdoors and really throw yourself into a proper on-site situation where you have to adapt. I think it's the better training for on-site competition climbers well it's like it's like you say it's, it's more complex isn't yeah it? so if you're better at doing something that's complex then yeah. it'll translate well into doing something less complex i think I just, there's just something about climbing outdoors that's always more technical than indoors as well yeah for sure like, like it, well the thing is like every indoor hold that you come across is designed to be comfortable yeah there's not a single outdoor hold that's designed to be comfortable like, no hold is, like, has been crafted to fit your hand and has been crafted to be ergonomic. You hit it, and then you need to manipulate your hand to fit the hold to be able to use it. Yeah. Whereas indoor holds, like, you know that if you hit it this way, that's the comfy way. Yeah. And you're going to be able to hold it. So I think that's, like, that is possibly 
the biggest of the um, of the the factors that has impacted on people's climbing is actually being forced to climb outside hmm. lots, and they're now able to properly apply the strength that they've got. Well, and like moving about rested, what you say, and properly rested. Um, but I mean, so I, I, strangely, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, so you know, you're talking about like. Like doing that, like three weeks of top roping, or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know. You call it like the translation phase. Translation phase. I like, like it. Yeah. Your there we indoor go. skills are translated to outdoors. Patented. So I think the other thing you can do, and I've been a big fan of this. I think just don't stop climbing outdoors over winter. No. Because you know how is it strength? They talk about like when you build a certain amount of strength, then you don't really have to do that much to maintain it. Mm. So like you maybe have to do like. Like a fingerboard session a week, and that'll maintain like the finger strength you've developed. Yeah. So I reckon outdoor climbing is the same. I think as long as you still climb outdoors, like just keep your hand in. Yeah, just like yeah, keep your hand in, keep your foot in. Yeah, keep your foot keep in. Your foot in. I like it. Like that is enough to like mean you maybe don't need to do that like top roping the translation phase. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. It's just like I think in Scotland it it's not impossible, but it's just sometimes about grim to climb outdoors. Yeah. Like at some point, like just to keep your foot in, you will you're gonna have to climb in the rain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like there are crags that you can go to that stay quite dry most of the time, but you know, middle of the winter, January, February in Scotland, most things are gonna be wet. You might have to climb in the rain. I don't know. Like there is, I think if you know where to go, like. There's definitely bouldering that's possible. And I think bouldering's like a really good thing to do outdoors. Yeah. Um, like Dumbarton Rock. Dumby. You can yeah. climb, like anything that's on a face at Dumbarton Rock, you can climb when it's been wet uh, because it dries really quickly. Um, anything that's made of dolerite, Ockenstari, Recythe Quarry, they dry really quickly. Uh, Dunkeld, steep, so it might stay dry, but it seeps quite a lot. Um, so yeah if, if it's been raining for a couple of days Dunkeld might be quite wet but if it's like the first day it started drizzling you know upper cave is steep enough that it'll probably be dry Yeah. so you can still like for those that have climbed all this year outdoors and are feeling really good just because the walls are open and the weather's getting bad doesn't mean you need to bail straight back inside you can keep going outside and keeping your hand in and train both at the same time over this winter and yeah. 2021 should be like the mega year yeah see I think like that maybe the big point about this is there's not really like a quick fix for getting better at climbing no I think like everyone especially maybe just like now like if you think of how people's minds work now we quite like quick fixes we like the six week plan yeah before we plan yeah. read this article and do these ten things and you'll climb three grades harder yeah. like, get, get just, your profile on lattice training and that'll yeah. make you a beast humans just love the idea of like shortcuts I think our brains are just like hardwired to think that's a good idea yeah. but just I think the hard reality is you, you can't escape that you get good at things just by like graft by yeah. like, putting in the hours look at folk I mean so I don't know like say Ian Small yeah like I, I I don't know him but I don't think he particularly hangs on a fingerboard and does loads of like indoor training but probably one of the best Scottish trad climbers but I mean I, I'm sure it's just through like what 30 years of like putting in the hours like yeah. trad climbing sport climbing For climbing sure. outside like, like there, there was a, a, a nice analogy I heard the other day is like the whole world well the whole climbing world is kind of obsessed with this fast and light you know 
you want to develop really quickly. You want to buy the best gear, the lightest gear, to be able to progress even faster. But there's a lot to be said for going slow and heavy, man. Mm. Like, take the time to learn your trade. Don't rush through it. If you rush through it, you're at much higher risk of injury through training or really hurting yourself by making a mistake because you don't know enough. And there's a, like, I would very much recommend to everybody that's, you know, even thinking about getting a training plan or even has a training plan or pushing your grades, take the time to learn your trade properly. Go slow and heavy. Do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, no, I reckon that's bang on the money. Yeah. So yeah, 2020. Climbing is the winner of 2020, turns out. But will any will this will everyone realise this coming into 20? Are we are we right? Are we wrong? Oh of course everybody's gonna realise this because everybody's gonna listen to Scott Rock. Yeah. And they're all gonna take inspiration. If you disagree, gotta let us know. Or yeah, like, if us, let us know too. If you, yeah, like if you have had an absolutely terrible climbing year, give us a call. Tell us why. And if the reason is because you spent the first five months sitting on the couch eating pies, I think you know there's your problem. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Re- that's good rest, though. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I did my fair share of sitting on the couch eating pies. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I did everyone, my fair share. Everyone needs that. Yeah. Pies are, you know, nutrition just like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's my there's my thought for the day. There's my thought for the day. 